When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Goodwin gets a crossing, takes a deflection, and it's on targets! Get out! Mitch Duke gets his head onto it for Australia. Craig Goodwin had a look up, he saw the cross, took a touch, played it in, had a slight deflection, and Mitch Duke, Australia's Duke, nods it home. Tunisia nil, Australia won in the 23rd minutes. And Australia will try and get it away. And they've got some space here. McGree plays it into the feet of Leckie. Leckie's one-on-one. Gets to the edge of the box. Cuts around. Back to his left. Leckie strikes! Matthew Leckie! Matthew Leckie has put the Socceroos in front! The path to the round of 16 becomes clearer for the green and gold. Uh, two great moments from the Socceroos from the World Cup. And that was Jordan Cornelis' voice you could hear on that. Welcome back to the show, Julian DeStoop with you. And uh, welcome to everyone around the country, Sydney, Adelaide, Tassie, WA, NT, and, of course, our Melbourne audience. So we thought we'd get Jordan uh, on the line. We didn't have a lot of chance to talk about the World Cup final yesterday because of all the dramas in the A-League. But now it's done and dusted. Just to take a look back at this World Cup and look at some of the great moments and maybe that those that didn't quite live up to standard. Uh, Jordan, thanks again for your time. Morning, Jules. How's things? Very well. I was just reading a stat this morning before we get stuck into some of the, the individuals and some of the teams. Uh, 15 teams that started off as underdogs in matches won in this World Cup, the highest percentage since 1958. So there's a lot of talk going into this World Cup with the venue and the, the time of the year, the, the shortened uh, rest between matches that, that we could see some upsets, and that's certainly what happened. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that, that's what made the World Cup uh, so great as well. I mean, talking about how good the final was and people saying it was the best final ever, there's a good argument for this being one of the best World Cups ever as far as what happened on the field obviously, um, but 2014 was a great World Cup, 2018 probably bettered 2014, and now 2022 might have bettered four years ago. So, um, yeah, all the upsets, the the uh, the team, the non-traditional teams, I guess, the non-European, non-South American teams having good tournaments, good representation for Africa and Asia in the knockout phase. So feels like the gap is continuing to close now on, on the big teams and, and those upsets hopefully become more regular. So we set you some homework last night, probably the last thing you wanted to do. You probably wanted to have some sleep after a big, uh, almost a month of calling football, but uh, you've, I'm sure you've come back with the goods. So give us give us your top five players of the World Cup. My top five players. Um, all right, I'll go from five to one. So at five, I went Josko Gvardiol, who might be a, a bit of a left of centre pick, but I thought the uh, the young Croatian centre-back was, uh, I thought he was unbelievable. He, he's only 20, which is un. Unreal to think. He's been around for a little bit, playing for his club uh, Leipzig, and uh, he's in the Champions League. So those who have seen the UEFA Champions League might have seen a bit of him. But I thought, uh, on the balance of things, I thought he was probably Croatia's best player, even better than uh, than, than Modric, who was good in the knockouts. But Guardiol was excellent from start to finish. Uh, number four, I went Sofian Amrabat, 
who is uh, Morocco's defensive midfielder. Again, yep. a, a left of centre pick, but with Morocco making the semi-finals, there had to be a, a, a cornerstone to that Moroccan team. And Amrabat was that guy, um, being the, the battering ram in midfield, breaking up the attacks of opposition players, and then and then launching uh, Morocco's own attacking foray. So I thought he was good. Um, number three, uh, Kylian Mbappe, I thought was magnificent. Obviously, took the golden boot home with with eight goals and was he's such a big game player already. I mean, we saw that four years ago as a teenager at the last World Cup, and he just continued on making the World Cup his stage. Uh, number two, I went Lionel Messi. Great tournament, obviously. He started, as Argentina did in the group stage, a little slowly. They had that loss first up to Saudi Arabia, but they built up, and then every game through the knockout phase from the round of 16, quarterfinal, semifinal, every game got better for Lionel Messi. He was, he was bettering his own performances each game that came. And my best player for the World Cup, I went with, and probably, I don't know if this is, um, if, if the final hurt his reputation, mm. he didn't play massively, but I thought over the balance of the tournament, Antoine Griezmann from France was immense. I thought he was the best player. I thought he was the most consistent player through every single game. He was ever present in every single game, didn't really have many quiet patches, and uh, normally known for being an attacking player, but added some defensive qualities to his game as well in this tournament and he was um he was he was the man for for France I thought even more so than Mbappe so he was my player of the tournament given the big moments that he had where were you close to having Emmy Martinez in your top 5 um I, I considered a few uh, Argentinian players Emmy Martinez was he was my he was my best goalkeeper for the tournament I thought he was definitely the best keeper and he came up with really big moments, yeah, in the knockouts, definitely. Um, he would have been around the mark. I think him and, if you're talking Argentinians, him and probably Alvarez, the striker, would have been in, in, that, uh, in that conversation. But, yeah, I thought, he was, I thought he was the best goalkeeper for the tournament, for sure. Love to get your feedback on that on the 40 Wings Temper. You can give us a call, 1-300-736-736. Our temper, a mattress like no other. Who was your player uh, of the World Cup? How would you sort of separate Mbappe and Messi? So Jordan's obviously gone Messi number two and Mbappe number three, but love to get your feedback on that one. Uh, Jordy, your most disappointing player of the World Cup, maybe one that didn't live up to reputation. Yes, um, this was hard to pick. This one. Um, there's firstly, there's probably a whole range of uh, of players from Belgium you could pick because mm-hmm. they were pretty disappointing overall. But the one I've gone with, and this might be a little bit of uh, bit of clickbait, but I did go with Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, ah, not to, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his reputation obviously is is amazing, and um, this every World Cup that they that they appear in, Ronaldo and Messi are going to be compared to one another. Um, but Ronaldo and, and Portugal, really, who have a good team. The Portuguese team is, is pretty good. They've got some great players. And um, and Ronaldo didn't really... I don't think he really added much to Portugal. He might have been holding them back a little bit. Didn't have the impact he would have liked. And he um, he just sort of lacks that... He's lacking that killer edge and that power that he had at the peak of his career. And during the, during the World Cup, um, Clint Bolton, one of our experts on the coverage, was sort of talking about the idea of maybe dropping Ronaldo to the bench and seeing how Portugal play um, without him in the starting 11, which we never thought would actually happen mm. because you never think of dropping Ronaldo, but they did in the round of 16 and ended up winning comfortably 6-1 in that game. So um, for when you look at what Messi did and, and how good he was and then comparing him 
against uh, his his biggest rival of this era, Ronaldo. I thought Ronaldo was was actually pretty disappointing. Just scored the one goal, which was a penalty. Yeah, I, I don't think you can really argue against that. Uh, to be honest, I won't ask you the most surprising team from a positive point of view because I don't think you can go past Morocco to become the first African team to make Correct. the semi-finals. But there were some big name teams. I mean, we go back to teams that didn't even qualify, such as Italy. But there were some big names with big reputations that that didn't have great World Cups. Uh, who was the one for you that disappointed you the most? There was a few, to be honest. There was a couple here, um, a couple of big name teams that, that didn't really didn't really perform. Um, uh, a mention I'll give to, to Serbia, who I thought were my underdog, but they were pretty inconsistent. But as far as the really big names go, um, I thought one one that I expected to be a lot better was was Denmark in, in yep. Australia's group. Uh, Denmark made the semi-finals of the Euros last year, so they are. They were coming in in great form as one of Europe's best teams, and they didn't really fire a shot. Um, they, they finished bottom of the group. They were they finished below Tunisia and uh, and finished below the group in Group D. And Australia were able to capitalise on that and made the uh, made the knockout. So so Denmark was definitely one for me. Um, uh, Mexico, another one, always uh, a knockout stage regular, but they they didn't really have much of an impact. Uruguay, similar. Uh, and then probably the, the big obvious ones were, were the likes of Germany and Belgium, who are the big powerhouse uh, European nations. And uh, and um, Germany were, were shown up by Japan in their first game, and, and Belgium were just pretty terrible from start to finish. So so those uh, those are some of the nations. But I think if uh, the one that I'll pick though was uh, was Denmark. Yeah, I think they might have missed their boat, uh, the Belgians, with what was a bit of a golden generation for them. Okay, let's be positive now. Was there a player that? surprised you, you went, wow, he's either he's going to be a future superstar or he's a better player than I thought he was. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of players who put themselves in this category. Um, uh, as I mentioned before, in my top five players, Sofian Amrabat from uh, from Morocco, I think, has put himself right up the, at the forefront now of, of one of the world's best defensive midfielders. He plays uh, his football in, in Italy with Fiorentina, who are a good team. Uh, but now Liverpool are circling. So I think Jurgen Klopp's about to have a chat to Amrabat in the next couple of days. So Liverpool might get him uh, in the upcoming transfer window. Um, but the one that really surprised me was uh, Alexis McAllister from Argentina, um, who wasn't, before the tournament, wasn't in Argentina's best 11. He was uh, the beneficiary of the threes prior to the tournament from Argentina. in the team and was one of the best players and most uh, consistent players for Argentina uh, right throughout the tournament, his um, his attacking mindset from midfield, carrying the ball forward, um, linking up well with Lionel Messi. Actually, he had a good partnership with Messi in the middle of the park, and uh, and I thought he was one of the best players for Argentina in the final. So um, currently plays for Brighton in the yep. uh, in the EPL. So I don't think uh, Brighton have had anyone win the World Cup before. <laughs> so he's the first one to do that. But I think uh, Alexis McAllister from Argentina was was one of the big surprise packets. Just uh, we're talking to Jordan Keneals. Just recapping uh, the World Cup, some of the great moments, the great players, the surprising teams, best goal, best story, etc., etc. A lot of the, the the outlets have named their their team of the World Cup in terms of an, an eleven. Um, it, I'm just looking at one here from the Guardian. That their centre backs, uh, they got John Stones as a centre back and Vardiol, as you mentioned. I just got one here off the Forty Wings temper. Would have Harry Suter been close to making a team of the tournament? I think he probably would have. I think he probably would have been. I think he would have been in the conversation, definitely. I think um, only Gvardiol from Croatia, I, I really thought was an absolute lock to be in, in the team of the tournament. I think the other centre-back 
position was up for up for debate. I think you know, uh, Saïs from uh, Morocco was good. Their captain, um, Othamendi from Argentina was pretty good. Um, I think uh, uh, Nathan Arke even from the Netherlands, who plays for Manchester City, was pretty good. But Harry Sutar was excellent. I mean, he was. He was the game winner for Australia, really, and his it was his efforts. I mean, he's not a goal scorer, obviously, but at the other end, he saved plenty of opportunities that could have been goals against Australia, and he was probably the key reason why the Aussies uh, made it into the knockouts. So, yeah, I think Sutar definitely was one of the best defenders at the tournament. What about the best goal of the tournament? Best goal? Um, there wasn't too many long-range goals, not as many spectacular goals from outside the box as we would have liked to have seen, but... There definitely were a couple of great ones. I think the goal of the tournament came pretty early. I yep. think it was uh, Richarlison's bicycle kick for Brazil against yep. Serbia. That was on day four or five or six of the tournament. Um, unbelievable. Just an acrobatic uh, overhead bicycle from Richarlison. It was, uh, yeah, I think we all kind of knew that would be the goal of the tournament or right up there from the very start. So that one was, was my pick. But, um, but a shout-out as well to Luis Chavez and his long-range free kick for Mexico uh, which was also spectacular. But no, Richarlison's goal was, was unbelievable. So I was going to ask your best story. I think we'll take Lionel Messi and, and Argentina winning out of it because I don't think you can argue that's not the best story of the World Cup. But it, what would be the the next best story out of this World Cup that, that people will remember when we go, okay, 2022 World Cup and people outside of Messi winning, they can instantly recognise that story? Um, the best story, I think this World Cup will be remembered for Morocco's fairy tale run to the semifinals. Um, it's the best run for an African nation. It's only the third time in the World Cup's history that a team outside of Europe or South America made the semifinals. Um, and it's, it was a big moment for also the Arab world as well, that, that part of that region of the world, North Africa and the Middle East, um, who share a lot of similarities from country to country culturally. Um, I think that was a big moment for that region to have... Uh, one of one of their teams, uh, you know, a neighbouring country in Morocco, make it to the semi-finals in that part of the world. Um, so I think Morocco's run was was unbelievable, and especially when you consider uh, how late it all came together, because they sacked their previous coach only a few months before the tournament began. Their current coach was brought in in August, so he's only been in the system for uh, what two or three months, um, and is virtually an unknown. He's only really coached around Morocco, hasn't been to Europe or hasn't been to any uh, any big-name teams as a coach, and he's come in and took Morocco to the semi-finals. So I think that'll be, that'll be the, the uh, yeah, as you said, aside from Messi, I think that will be the defining story of this World Cup. And finally, before I let you go, some of the big names in, in world football, individuals, won't be at the next World Cup. There won't be Lionel Messi. There won't be mm. Cristiano Ronaldo. There won't be Luka Modric. There won't be Corinne Benzema, even though he didn't play. It sounds like looking at his social media that he's about to announce his retirement from international football. Uh, so obviously we're going to look at some of the young players and, and some of the younger teams. Just give us a team we should be looking out for. I know it's a long way away, but at the next World Cup that might be able to you maybe do a Morocco and surprise or, or, or put themselves in the frame to win the World Cup. Yeah, uh, the next World Cup's going to be it's going to be a, a, an open book, really, because as you said, a lot of those. I think this is a, a defining moment in football. This one, because all of those big name players, as you said, are are stepping aside now. I don't expect to see uh, Cristiano Ronaldo at the next World Cup or Lionel Messi. So the two big names of this era, uh, Modric, who's been the best midfielder of this era, Lewandowski, the best goal scorer. Thiago Silva, the best defender. So all of the best players in their respective positions will all retire. So the door is really open for anyone to, to take 
to take that next step up at the next World Cup. Mbappe will be there clearly and he'll be one of the players to watch. But as far as uh, as teams go, there's two teams that are sticking out to me. One of them is Spain, which mm, might yep. not seem like, like one that's too sort of left field or or underdog, but but they had a pretty a pretty dry tournament at, at this World Cup, even though they made the round of sixteen. Um, they didn't quite play scintillating football. They weren't exciting to watch, to be honest. They were very risk averse. Um, but they've got a new coach now, and I think they only need a few more tweaks to their game plan to just be a bit more daring. And and they they should be all right for the next World Cup as long as they get things right strategically. But they've got the next generation coming through. They're led by. Pedri and Gavi, who are 19 and 20 years old, so they're, they're right at the very start of this rebuild. Um, so I think Spain is one to watch. And then and the other one is the USA. Uh, they were the second youngest team at this World Cup. Um, they're clearly building this generation to be peaking by the next World Cup when they co-host it in 2026. Um, and after missing four years ago, they've come back uh, to this World Cup in Qatar and made the round of 16, which was a big turnaround. So... Uh, Spain and the USA, I think, are, are the ones that I'll be watching. Love it. Yeah, USA. I don't think a lot of people would, would think like that that don't know the game as well as you do. So that, that's a really interesting one. Jordan, well done again on all the work uh, over the World Cup, you and the team. It was fantastic uh, coverage. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we all enjoyed uh, listening. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. A pleasure, Julian. Thank you, mate. Jordan Cadillus did a wonderful job with the World Cup. Uh, any thoughts you've got on that? Uh, if we're looking through some of the best 11s, all the players he picked in the top five are in there. So he's uh, around the mark a lot, this one too. Best moment from the World Cup, the Japan supporters cleaning up after themselves. Uh, that was off the 40 Winks uh, temper from Cameron. Let's get to the break. Uh, on the other side, a very big call has been made about a young footballer in the AFL from someone that should know. I'll take you through that after the break. This is mornings for Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel in stock now and Cobra Golf win one of five putters on their Instagram.